Hello and welcome back to Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Now that we've completed Shakespeare and Chekhov's canons, our troupe of professional and amateur theater lovers together is taking on great works across mediums. So from Aaron Sorkin to indie playwrights, Valentine's rom-coms, French classics, Greek tragedies, so much more. We've got everything coming up for you. So Shaw, Stoppard, Moliere, Efron, and so much more coming down the pike. So for you to enjoy in audio form here on our podcast feed, or if you want to catch all of our costumes, props, effects, and unplanned pet appearances, um, all of our readings are also available on our YouTube channel. Just search My Entertainment World and you'll see it there. Um, please keep in mind that these are genuinely cold readings. We're publishing unedited, so bear with us through some stumbles, tangents, and of course, every time someone's accidentally on mute. Um, that happens all the time. Sometimes people don't show up. You just got to bear with us. Uh, so to make sure you don't miss any of our content, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or on our podcast feed where you'll find episodes of all our favorite ongoing series, including this one, of course, as well as the Shakespeare series, the favorite series, Corona Movie Club, exclusive interviews, as well as our annual MLB roundtable discussion, which is my very favorite thing we do. So follow us on social media at MyEntWorld, my E-N-T world. Um, and of course, check out the website, MyEntertainmentWorld.ca, where you can find all of the above, as well as reviews, editorials, artist spotlights, and so much more. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. Valentine's season, I gotta say, was one of the, my very favorite things we've done. Um, and week three was definitely one of the highlights because this was Casablanca. Um, this was a really fun one because we had uh, Weldon Gorey playing Rick Blaine, who is, of course, Humphrey Bogart. And he's, uh, Weldon actually lives in uh, France. And he's this sort of like grumbly kind of ultimately romantic figure who's just so brilliant and so worldly and like he's been through it. Uh, and he brings such a really cool energy to Rick. Um, so it was really great to have him do that. And then, of course, when thinking about, okay, we need a timeless beauty who's got this sort of otherworldly serenity, obviously the only answer there is Saya Floyd. So it was very cool to have her um, in the Ingrid Bergman role. Uh, our stage directions here are by Basil Dowd, who's another one of my favorites. He's got this like incredibly epic voice um, who I usually, I usually cast him like when we need some sort of grandiose like if you if we were casting god we cast basil because he's got this sort of booming fabulous narration um so for casablanca it was a cool cool thing to have him come and do that because he had he adds real gravitas and sort of a sense of history and worldliness to the narration here which i think is really appropriate for a movie this legendary um, and so important in film history. Uh, some other highlights in our cast here we have scott garland playing major, major strasser who is very very scary like he's a nazi he's terrifying scott really freaked us out in this one um this is actually a good one to go watch on the youtube because uh, a lot of our screens not everyone was able to do it but a lot of our screens are in black and white um which is a fun little touch and we have some fun costumes here as well uh this one also had rachel nissenker guest starring which was really fun she plays a, a combination of roles but my favorite is yvonne it was just a sort of like drunk French whore who stays at the bar. She's really funny about it. Um, who else do we have that was just fantastic? Obviously, this was a great Christopher Prentice role. Um, he played uh, Renault, uh, who is the, the sort of funny, quippy police officer, which was a, a fun change for him. Who does, does, Quippy's not really a thing. I cast him as a lot. So it was fun to see him do quippy. 
Um, I mean, there's more to him than Quibi, but I think he's Quibi. Uh, and then one of the other notable things is that a lot of our utility players in this one play like upwards of eight, nine roles. Like, so keep your eye on people like Hillary Wardinger and uh, Elizabeth Morris um, and Fabiana Cabral because they are playing like they are switching, switching, switching at all times. And so it's really cool to see them try to uh, take that on. We've got a lot of fun accent work in this one as people try to differentiate their roles. Uh, So it is a good one to check out on YouTube if you are up for that. Otherwise, uh, yeah, just check it out. Oh, I forgot. Nicanor Campos is Victor Laszlo. Guys, okay. So Nicanor is this like incredibly principled person who's like just, oh, I don't know what it is. There's, There's like a a moral righteousness at the core of Nick that I found really compelling as Victor. And it's really hard to root against him, but I mean, Weldon is Rick. What are you going to do? This was a great one. Obviously you can tell that I loved it a lot. So um, I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to uh, my entertainment world's reading of Casablanca. Uh, Here's the roll call. Oh, and I should have asked everybody's last name. So if I mispronounce anyone, please, by all means, Repeat it and uh, don't worry about shaming me. So, for I'm Basil Daoud. I'm taking care of stage directions today. Uh, for narrator and Ilse Lund, we have Saya Floyd. Hello. And for Rick Blaine, we have Weldon Gori. Hello. And Victor Laszlo is Nicanor Campos. Hello, everybody. Great to be back. Shout out to my love. And as the first policeman officer, as well as Captain Louis Renault, we have Christopher Prentice. Hello. And uh, Major Stasse is Scott Garland. Guten Tag. And we're playing Anina Brandel, second woman, Ferrari, waiter, head waiter, Emil, and German officer. It's Shailen Bass McFall. Shailen Bass McFall. Bass, yeah! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Jan Brandel, English woman, Captain Tonelli, fir- woman, first woman, Sasha, officer, Gendarme, Corina, tourist and French officer, it's Hilary Wartinger. Hi. Civilian, Herr Heinz, various men, German, cashier, customer, native and Mrs. Leuchtag, it is Elizabeth Morris. Hello. Second policeman, conspirator, Yvonne, and Carl is Rachel Nisenkier. Mm-hmm. Hi. Okay. Uh, Englishman Moore, Ugarte, Aide, Berger, Frenchman, Croupier, and Orderly is Fabiana Cabral. Hello. And finally, European, Refugee, Sam, Abdul, Arab, and Mr. Leuchtag, it's Gabby Grice. Hello. All right. Time to get started. I had not, uh... oh, whoops. Give me a sec, folks. Thank you. There we go. I had not asked if we're reading out the foreword. Uh, Yes, I think so. Why not? So this was released in 1942 by Warner Brothers, and it's based on the play Everybody Goes to Ricks by Murray Burnett and Joan Allison. When production began, the script was only half completed. Near the end of production, the script was literally being written the night before. And in the final days of filming, the dialogue for some scenes was written while shooting was actually in progress and then rushed to the set. Dialogue for the final seconds of the film was even added well after production had been completed. 
It is therefore accurate to say that no complete production script for Casablanca exists. The script that follows is therefore a synthesis of extant versions of the shooting script, the continuity script, and a close analysis of the finished film. Meaning it's not our problem if something doesn't sound right. And beginning, fade in, insert a revolving globe. When it stops revolving, it turns briefly into a contour map of Europe, then into a flat map. Superimposed over this map are scenes of refugees fleeing from all sections of Europe by foot, wagon, auto, and boat, and all converging upon one point on the tip of Africa, Casablanca. Arrows on the map illustrate the routes taken as the voice of a narrator describes the migration. With the coming of the Second World War, many eyes in imprisoned Europe turned hopefully or desperately towards the freedom of the Americas. Lisbon, had be Lisbon became the great embarkation point, but not everybody could get to Lisbon directly, and, and so a torturous roundabout refugee trail sprang up. Paris to Marseille, across the Mediterranean to Iran, then by train or auto or foot across the rim of Africa to Casablanca in French Morocco. Here, the fortunate ones, through money or influence or luck, might obtain exit visas and scurry to Lisbon and from Lisbon to the New World. But the others wait in Casablanca and wait and wait and wait. Cut to exterior, old Moorish section of the city, day. At first, only the turrets and rooftops are visible against the torrid sky. The facades of the Moorish buildings give way to a narrow, twisting street crowded with the polyglot life of a native quarter. The intense desert sun holds the scene in a torpid tranquility. Activity is unhurried and sounds are muted. Cut to interior, police station, day. A police officer takes a piece of paper from the typewriter, turns to a microphone and reads. To all officers. Two German couriers carrying important official documents murdered on train from Oran. Murderer and possible accomplices headed for Casablanca. Round up all suspicious characters and search them for stolen documents. Important. Cut to exterior, a street in the old Moor section, day. An officer blows his whistle several times. There is pandemonium as native guards begin to round up people. A police car, full of officers, with siren blaring, screams through the street and stops in the market. Some try to escape, but are caught by the police and loaded into a police wagon. At a street corner, two policemen stop a white civilian and question him. May we see your papers? I don't think I have them on me. In that case, you'll have to come along. Wait, it's just possible that I, um, yes, here they are. He brings out his papers. The second policeman examines them. These papers expired three weeks ago. You'll have to come along. Suddenly, the civilian breaks away and starts to run wildly down the street. The policeman shouts, Halt! But the civilian keeps going. Jan and Anina Brendel, a very young and attractive refugee couple from Bulgaria, watch as the civilian passes. They've been thrust by circumstances from a simple country life into an unfamiliar and hectic world. A shot rings out and the man falls to the ground. Above him, painted on the wall, is a large poster of Marshal Pétain, which reads, Je tiens mes promesses, mes celles des autres. I hope I said that right. The policeman frantically searches the body, but only finds free French literature. Cut to Exterior Palais de Justice Day. We see an inscription carved in a marble block along the roofline of the building. Liberté, égalité, fraternité. We see the facade, French in architecture, then the high vaulted entrance, which is inscribed Palais de Justice. At the entrance, the arrested suspects are led in by the police. Cut 
to exterior sidewalk cafe day. A middle-aged English couple sit at a table just off the square and observe the commotion across the way in front of the Palais de Justice. The police van pulls up. The rear doors are opened and people stream out. A European man sitting at the table nearby watches the English couple more closely than the scene on the street. What on earth's going on over there? I don't know, my dear. The European walks over to the couple. Pardon, pardon, monsieur, pardon. Madame, have you not heard? Uh, we hear very little and we understand even less. Well, two German couriers were found murdered in the desert, the unoccupied desert. This is the customary roundup of refugees, liberals, and, uh, of course, a beautiful young girl for Monsieur Renault, the prefect of police. Cut to exterior, Palais de Justice, day. Suspects are herded out of the van and into the Palais de Justice. Cut to exterior sidewalk cafe, day. Unfortunately, along with these unhappy refugees, the scum of Europe has gravitated to Casablanca. Some of them have been waiting years for a visa. He puts his left arm compassionately around the Englishman and reaches behind the man with his right hand. I beg of you, monsieur, watch yourself. Be on guard. This place is full of vultures. Vultures everywhere. Everywhere. The Englishman seems to be taken aback by this sudden display of concern. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, not at all. Au revoir, monsieur. Au revoir, madame. He leaves. The Englishman, still a trifle disconcerted by the European's action, watches him as he leaves. Au revoir. <laughs> Amusing little fellow. Waiter. As he pats both his breast and pants pockets, he realizes there is something missing. Oh, how silly of me. What, dear? Well, I've, I've left my wallet in the hotel. Oh, Suddenly, the Englishman looks off in the direction of the departed European, the clouds of suspicion gathering. Interrupting overhead is the drone of a low-flying airplane. They look up. Cut to exterior, overhead shot day. An airplane cuts its motor for landing. Cut to exterior, Palais de Justice day. Refugees wait in line outside the Palais de Justice. Their upturned gaze follows the flight of the plane. In their faces is revealed one hope they all have in common. And the plane is the symbol of that hope. Jan and Anina look up at the plane. Perhaps tomorrow we'll be on that plane. Cut to exterior overhead shot day. The plane swoops down past the sign atop a building at the edge of the airport. The sign reads Rick's Cafe America. Cut to exterior airfield day. As the plane lands, a swastika on its tail is clearly visible. It taxis to a stop as a group of officers march into formation in front of it. Behind them stand a detail of local soldiers keeping guard. In the group is Captain Louis Renault, a French officer appointed by Vichy as the prefect of police in Casablanca. He is a handsome middle-aged Frenchman, debonair and gay, but withal a shrewd and alert official. With him are Herr Heinz, the German consul, Captain Tonelli, an Italian officer, and Lieutenant Cassel, Renault's aide. When the plane door opens, the first passenger to step out is a tall, middle-aged, pale German with a smile that seems more the result of a frozen face muscle than a cheerful disposition. On any occasion, when Major Strasser is crossed, his expression hardens into iron. Herr Hein steps up to him with upraised arm. Heil Hitler. Major Strasser, you are muted. 
They said, Heil Hitler. They shake hands. It is very good to see you again, Major Strasser. Thank you, thank you. Heinz introduces Strasser to Renault. May I present Captain Renault, Police Prefect of Casablanca, Major Strasser. Renault salutes. Mm. Unoccupied France welcomes you to Casablanca. Thank you, Captain. It's very good to be here. Uh, Major Strasser, my aide, Lieutenant Cassell. As they acknowledge each other, Captain Tonelli barges in front of Cassell and salutes Strasser. Sorry, guys, where are we? I'm trying to highlight all 10 of them. Captain Tonelli's. Page eight. Well then, Captain Tonelli, the Italian service at your command, Major. <laughs> that is very kind of you. But Tonelli gets no further than that as Strasser turns again to Renault. They walk away from the plane, Heinz following, with Cassell and Tonelli bringing up the rear, engaged in a heated exchange of words. You may find the climate of Casablanca a trifle warm, Major. Oh, we Germans must get used to all the climates, from Prussia to the Sahara. But perhaps you are not referring to the weather. What else, my dear Major? Mm. By the way, the murder of the couriers, what has been done? Realizing the importance of the case, my men are rounding up twice the usual number of suspects. We already know who the murderer is. Good. Is he in custody? Oh, there is no hurry. Tonight he'll be at Rick's. Everybody comes to Rick's. I have already heard about this cafe, and also about Mr. Rick himself. Dissolve to exterior, Rick's Cafe, night. <clears throat> the neon sign above the door is brightly lit. Customers arrive and go in through the front door. From inside, we hear sounds of music and laughter. The song is, It Had to Be You. Again, we isolate on the neon sign. Insert sign, Rick's Café Américain. We follow a group of customers inside. Interior, Rick's Café, main room, night. Rick's is an expensive and chic nightclub, which def definitely possesses an air of sophistication and intrigue. Sam, a middle-aged black man, sits on a stool before a small salmon-colored piano on wheels, playing and singing while accompanied by a small orchestra. All about him, there is the hum of voices, chatter, and laughter. The occupants of the room are varied. There are Europeans in their dinner jackets, their women beautifully begowned and bejeweled. There are Moroccans in silk robes, Turks wearing fezes, Levantines, naval officers, members of the Foreign Legion, distinguished by their kepis. Two men sit at the table. Waiting, waiting, waiting. I'll never get out of here. I'll die in Casablanca. His companion seems uninterested in his dilemma. Sympathy is evidently in short supply in Casablanca. At another table, a very well-dressed woman walks to a moor. She has a bracelet on her wrist, no other jewelry. But can't you make it just a little more, please? I'm sorry, madame, but diamonds are a drug on the market. Everybody sells diamonds. There are diamonds everywhere. 2,400. All right. On to another table where two conspirators talk. The trucks are waiting. The men are waiting. Everything is... He stops abruptly as two German officers walk by. A refugee and another man converse at another table. 
It's the fishing smack Santiago. It leaves at one tomorrow night here from the end of La Medina. Third boat. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And remember, bring 15,000 francs in cash. Remember, in cash. On the way to the bar, we pass several tables and hear a babble of foreign tongues. Here and there, we catch a scattered phrase or sentence in English. Sasha, a friendly young Russian bartender, hands a drink to a customer with the Russian equivalent of bottoms up. The customer answers with cheerio. Carl, the waiter, is a fat, jovial German refugee with spectacles. He walks tray in hand to a private door over which Abdul, a large burly man, stands guard. Open up, Abdul. Yes, Herr Professor. Abdul opens the door and Carl goes into the gambling room. Interior, Rick's Cafe, gambling room night. There is much activity at the various tables. At one table, two women and a man play cards. They glance at another table. One of them calls to Carl. Uh, waiter? Yes, madame. Will you ask Rick if he'll have a drink with us? Madame, he never drinks with customers. Never. I have never seen him. Saloon keeper, so snobbish. Perhaps if you told him I ran the second largest banking house in Amsterdam. The second largest? That wouldn't impress Rick. The leading banker in Amsterdam is now the pastry chef in our kitchen. We have something to look forward to. And his father is the bellboy. Carl laughs. The overseer walks up to a table with a paper in his hand. Then we see a drink and a man's hand, but nothing more. The overseer places a check on the table. The hand picks up the check and writes on it in pencil, OK, Rick. The overseer takes the check. We now see Rick sitting at a table alone playing solitary chess. Rick is an American of indeterminate age. There is no expression on his face. Complete deadpan. There is a commotion at the door as people attempt to come into the gambling room. He nods approval to Abdul. Then a German appears in the doorway. Abdul looks to Rick, who glances back toward the open door and nods, no. Abdul starts to close the door on the man. I'm sorry, sir. This is a private room. Of all the nerve. Who do you think? I know there's gambling in there. There's no secret. You dare not keep me out of there. The man tries to push his way through the door as Rick walks up. Yeah? What's the trouble? This gentleman... I've been in every gambling room between Honolulu and Berlin, and if you think I'm going to be kept out of a saloon like this, you're very much mistaken. At this moment, Ugarte, a small, thin man with a nervous air, tries to squeeze through the doorway blocked by the German. If he were an American, Ugarte would look like a trout. He gets through and passes Rick. Excuse me, please. Oh, hello, Rick. Hello, Ugarte. Rick looks at the German calmly, takes the card out of his hand, and tears it up. Your cash is good at the bar. What? Do you know who I am? I do. You're lucky the bar's open to you. This is outrageous. I shall report it to the young grief. The German storms off, tossing the pieces of his card into the air behind him. Rick meets Ugarte on his way back to his table. Oh, you know, Rick, watching you just now with the Deutsches Bank, one would think you'd been doing this all of your life. Well, what makes you think I haven't? Oh, nothing. But when you first came to Casablanca, I thought... You thought what? <laughs> what right do I have to think? Regardless, pulls out a chair at Rick's table. May I? Too bad about those two German couriers, wasn't it? 
Uh, they got a lucky break. Yesterday, they were just two German clerks. Today, they're the honored dead. You are a very cynical person, Rick, if you'll forgive me for saying so. You got to sit I down. Forg- I forgive you. A waiter comes up to the table with a tray of drinks. He places one before you got to. Thank you. Will you have a drink with me, please? No. Oh, I forgot. You never drink with... uh, I'll have another. Thank you very much. You despise me, don't you? If I gave you any thought, I probably would. But why? You object to the kind of business... uh, The kind of business I do, huh? But think of all those poor refugees who must rot in this place if I didn't help them. That's not so bad. Through ways of my own, I provide them with exit visas. For a price, Ugati. For a price. But think of all the poor devils who cannot meet Renault's price. I get it for them for half. Is that so parasitic? I don't mind a parasite. I object to a cut-rate one. Well, Rick, after tonight, I'll be through with the whole business, and I am finally leaving this Casablanca. (laughs) Who did you bribe for your visa, Renault or yourself? Myself. I find myself much more reasonable. He takes an envelope from his pocket and lays it on the table. Look, Rick, do you know what this is? Something that even you have never seen. Letters of transit signed by General de Gaulle cannot be rescinded, not even questioned. Rick appears ready to take them from you, Oh, One moment. Tonight I'll be selling those for more money than even I have ever dreamed of. And then, adio, Casablanca. You know, Rick. I have many friends in Casablanca, but somehow, just because you despise me, you're the only one I trust. Will you keep these for me, please? For how long? Perhaps an hour, perhaps a little longer. I don't want them here overnight. Don't be afraid of that. Please keep them for me, thank you. I knew I could trust you. Rick takes them. Rugarte leaves the table just as the waiter comes up. Oh, uh, waiter, I'll be expecting some people... If anybody asks for me, I'll be right here. Yes, monsieur. The waiter leaves. Ugarte turns to Rick. Rick, I hope you are more impressed with me now, huh? If you'll forgive me, I'll share my luck with your roulette wheel. He starts across the floor. Just a moment. Ugarte stops as Rick comes up to him. Yeah. I heard a rumor that those German couriers were carrying letters of transit. (laughs) Huh? Uh, I heard that rumor, too. Poor devils. Yes. You're right, Ugati. I am a little more impressed with you. Rick leaves the gambling room and goes into the main room. Cut to interior. Rick's cafe. Main room night. Rick makes his way over to Sam, who plays and sings the Knockwood number, accompanied by the orchestra. The cafe is in semi-darkness. The spotlight is on Sam, and every time the orchestra comes in on the Knockwood business... The spotlight swings over to the orchestra. During one of the periods when the spotlight is on the orchestra, Rick slips the letters of transit into the piano. Ferrari, owner of the Blue Parrot, a competing night spot, comes into the cafe, sits down, and watches Sam. Then he sees Rick, and they smile at each other. At the end of the number, Ferrari goes to the bar to speak to Rick. Hello, Rick. Hello, Ferrari. How's business at the Blue Parrot? Fine. But I would like to buy your cafe. It's not for sale. You haven't heard my offer. It's not for sale at any price. (sighs) What do you want for Sam? I don't buy or sell human beings. That's too bad. That's Casablanca's leading commodity. 
in refugees alone, we could make a fortune if you would work with me through the black market. Suppose you run your business and let me run mine. Suppose we ask Sam. Maybe he'd like to make a change. Suppose we do. My dear Rick, when will you realize that in this world today, isolationism is no longer a practical policy? Rick and Ferrari walk over to the piano. Sam, Ferrari wants you to work for him at the Blue Parrot. I like it fine here. He'll double what I pay you. Yeah, but I ain't got time to spend the money I make here. Sorry. Apparently satisfied, Ferrari walks away. Back at the bar, Yvonne, an attractive young French woman, sits on a stool drinking brandy. Sasha, who looks at her with lovesick eyes, fills her tumbler. Boss is private stock, because Yvonne, I love you. Oh, shut up. All right, all right. For you, Yvonne, I shop up, because Yvonne, I love you. Uh-oh. Rick saunters over and leans on the bar next to Yvonne. He pays no attention to her. She looks at him bitterly without saying a word. Oh, Monsieur Rick, Monsieur Rick, some Germans, boom, 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 boom. Give this check. Is it all right? Rick looks the check over and tears it up. Yvonne has never taken her eyes off Rick. Where were you last night? That's so long ago, I don't remember. Will I see you tonight? I never make plans that far ahead. Yvonne turns, looks at Sasha, and extends her glass to him. Give me another. Sasha, she's had enough. Don't listen to him, Sasha. Fill it up. Yvonne, I lost you, but he pays me. Yvonne wheels on Rick with drunken fury. Rick, I'm sick and tired of having you. Sasha, call a cab. (laughs) Yes, boss. Rick takes Yvonne by the arm. Come on. We're going to get your coat. Take your hands off me. He pulls her along toward the door. No, you're going home. You've had a little too much to drink. Cut to exterior Rick's Cafe, night. Sasha stands at the curb on the street in front of Rick's and signals for a cab. Taxi. Soon one pulls up. Rick and Yvonne come out of the cafe. He puts a coat over her shoulders and she objects violently. What do you think you are? Pushing me around. What a fool I was to fall for a man like you. Rick and Yvonne approach the waiting cab. You better go with her, Sasha, to be sure she gets home. Yes, boss. And come right back. Yes, boss. Rick stands and looks up at the revolving beacon light from the airport. It intermittently sheds its light on Rick's face. Renon sits at a table on the cafe terrace watching this evening's performance. Hello, Rick. Rick walks over to him. Hello, Louis. How extravagant you are, throwing away women like that. Someday they may be scarce. Hmm. Rick sits down at the table. You know, I think now I should pay a call on Yvonne. Maybe get her on the rebound, eh? When it comes to women, you're a true Democrat. As they talk, Captain Tonelli and Lieutenant Cassell walk by towards the entrance of the cafe. Cassell talks nonstop. Antonelli tries. They both stop, salute Renault, and walk into the cafe. If he gets a word in, it'll be a major Italian victory. <laughs> Rick and Renault look up when they hear the buzz of a plane taking off from the adjacent airfield. The plane flies directly over their heads. Plane to Lisbon. You'd like to be on it. Why? 
What's in Lisbon? The Clipper to America. Rick doesn't answer. His look isn't a happy one. I've often speculated on why you don't return to America. Did you abscond with the church funds? Did you run off with the senator's wife? I like to think you killed a man. It's romantic in me. Rick still looks in the direction of the airport. It was a combination of all three. And what in heaven's name brought you to Casablanca? My health. I came to Casablanca for the waters. Waters? What waters? We're in the desert. I was misinformed. <laughs> Emile, the croupier, comes out to the cafe and walks over to Rick. Uh, excuse me, Monsieur Rick, uh, but a gentleman inside has won 20,000 francs. The cashier would like some money. Well, I'll get it from the safe. I am so upset, Monsieur Rick. You know I ha- can't understand. Forget it, Emil. Mistakes like that happen all the time. I'm awfully sorry. The three men enter the cafe. Oh, Cut to interior Rick's cafe, main room night. They pass Sam at the piano. He's playing babyface. Rick pats Sam on the shoulder. Rick, there's going to be some excitement here tonight. We're going to make an arrest in your cafe. What, again? Well, this is no ordinary arrest. A murderer, no less. Rick's eyes react. Involuntarily, they glance toward the gambling room. They know catches the look. If you're thinking of warning him, don't put yourself out. He cannot possibly escape. I stick my neck out for nobody. (laughs) A wise foreign policy. They start upstairs to Rick's office, passing Cassell, who is still haranguing to You know, Rick, we could have made this arrest anywhere earlier this evening at the Blue Parrot. But out of my high regard for you, we are staging it here. It will amuse your customers. Our entertainment is enough. They go inside the cafe of the office. Interior, Rick's cafe, office, night. Rick opens up the safe in a small dark room just off the office. Only Rick's shadow can be seen getting the money out. Rick, we are to have an important guest tonight. Major Strasser of the Third Reich, no less. We want him to be here when we make the arrest. A little demonstration of the efficiency of my administration. Rick moves out of the shadows and into view. I see. And what's Strasser doing here? He certainly didn't come all the way to Casablanca to witness a demonstration of your efficiency. Perhaps not. He gives the money to Emil. Here you are. It shall not happen again, monsieur. That's all right. Emil departs. Louis, you've got something on your mind. Why don't you spill it? Rick closes the door to the office, then goes over to close the safe. How observant you are. As a matter of fact, I wanted to give you a word of advice. Yeah? Have a brandy? Thank you. Rick, there are many exit visas sold in this cafe, but we know that you have never sold one. That is the reason we permit you to remain open. I thought it was because we let you win at roulette. That is another reason. There is a man who's arrived in Casablanca on his way to America. He will offer a fortune to anyone who will furnish him with an exit visa. Yeah? What's his name? Victor Laszlo. Victor Laszlo. Rick, that is the first time I have ever seen you so impressed. Well, he succeeded in impressing half the world. It is my duty to see that he doesn't impress the other half. Rick, Laszlo must never reach America. He stays in Casablanca. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see how he manages. Manages what? His escape. (laughs) But I just told you... Stop it. 
He escaped from a concentration camp and the Nazis have been chasing him all over Europe. This is the end of the chase. 20,000 francs says it isn't. They sit down to discuss the matter in earnest. Is that a serious offer? I just paid out 20. I'd like to get it back. Make it 10. I'm only a poor, corrupt official. Okay. Done. No matter how clever he is, he still needs an exit visa. Or, I should say, two. Why two? He's traveling with a lady. He'll take one. Mm, I think not. I've seen the lady. And if he did not leave her in Marseille or in Oran, he certainly won't leave her in Casablanca. Maybe he's not quite as romantic as you are. It doesn't matter. There is no exit visa for him. Louis, whatever gave you the impression that I might be interested in helping Laszlo escape? Because, my dear Ricky, I suspect that under that cynical shell, you're at heart a sentimentalist. (sighs) (laughs) Laugh if you will, but I happen to be familiar with your record. Let me point out just two items. In 1935, you ran guns to Ethiopia. In 1936, you fought in Spain on the loyalist side. Got well paid for it on both occasions. The winning side would have paid you much better. Maybe. Well, it seems you are determined to keep Laszlo here. I have my orders. Oh, I see. Gestapo Spank. My dear Ricky, you overestimate the influence of the Gestapo. I don't interfere with them, and they don't interfere with me. In Casablanca, I am master of my fate. I am captain of my... He stops short as his aide enters. Major Strasser is here, sir. Renault starts to leave. Yeah? You were saying? Excuse me. He hurries away. Rick smiles cynically. Cut to interior Rick's cafe, main room, night. Renault walks up to Carl. Carl, see that Major Strasser gets a good table. Uh, one close to the ladies. I've already given him the best, knowing he is German and would take it anyway. Renault walks over to one of his officers. Take him quietly. Two guards at every door. Yes, sir. Everything is ready, sir. The office salutes and goes off to speak to the guards. Renault walks over to Strasser's table as Rick comes down the stairs. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Captain. Won't you join us? It is a pleasure to have you here in uh, Major. uh, Major. Uh, Champagne and a tin of caviar. Oh, may I recommend Vouve Clicquot 26? A good French wine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Very well, sir. A very interesting club. Especially so tonight, Major. In a few minutes, you will see the arrest of the men who murdered your couriers. Oh, I expected no last, Captain. Uh, cut to interior, Rick's Cafe, gambling room, night. Ugarte stands at the roulette table. Two gendarmes approach him from behind. Monsieur Ugarte? Ugarte looks around. Oh, yes? Will you come with us, please? Certainly. Uh, May I first cash my chips? The officer nods. They follow Ugarte to the cashier's window. Ugarte puts his chips through the window to the cashier. Pretty lucky, huh? Two thousand, please. Two more guards station themselves at the door in case there is trouble. Two thousand. Thank you. Ugarte starts to walk out, followed by the gendarmes. When he reaches the doorway, he suddenly rushes through and slams the door behind himself. Interior, Rick's Cafe, main room, night. By the time the gendarmes manage to get the door open again, Ugarte has pulled a gun. 
he fires at the doorway. The shots bring on pandemonium in the cafe. As Ugarte runs through the hallway, he sees Rick appearing from the opposite direction and grabs him. Rick, Rick, help me. Don't be a fool. You can't get away. Rick, hide me. Do something. You must help me, Rick. Do something. Guards and gendarmes rush in and grab Ugarte. Rick stands impassively as they drag Ugarte off. Rick, Rick. We move to Stasis' table, who has witnessed the event. Excellence, Captain. Back to Rick, still standing where he was as a customer walks by. When they come to get me, Rick, I hope you'll be more of a help. I stick my neck out for nobody. Rick comes out to the middle of the floor. An air of tense expectancy pervades the room. A few customers are on the point of leaving. Rick speaks in a very calm voice. I'm sorry there was a disturbance, folks, but it's all over now. Everything's all right. Just sit down and have a good time. Enjoy yourselves. All right, Sam. Sam nods and begins to play. Renaud, Strasse, and Heinz sit calmly at their table after witnessing the arrest. Rick walks by. Oh, Rick. Rick stops and comes over to the table. Rick, this is Major Heinrich Strasser of the Third Reich. How do you do, Mr. Rick? Oh, how do you do? And you already know Herr Heinz of the Third Reich. Please join us, Mr. Rick. We are very honored tonight, Rick. Major Strasser is one of the reasons the Third Reich enjoys the reputation it has today. You repeat Third Reich as though you expected there to be others? Well, <laughs> personally, Major, I will take what comes. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Unofficially, of course. Make it official if you like. <laughs> what is your nationality? I'm a drunkard. <laughs> that makes Rick a citizen of the world. Mm. I was born in New York City, if that'll help you, Annie. I understand you came here from Paris at the time of the occupation. There seems to be no secret about that. Are you one of those people who cannot imagine the Germans in their beloved Paris? It's not particularly my beloved Paris. Can you imagine us in London? When you get there, ask me. <laughs> Diplomatist. How about New York? Well, there are certain sections of New York, Major, that I wouldn't advise you try to invade. Uh-huh. Who do you think will win the war? I haven't the slightest idea. Rick is completely neutral about everything. And that takes in the field of women, too. You weren't always so carefully neutral. We have a complete dossier on you. Strasser takes a little black book from his pocket and turns to a certain page. Hmm. Richard Blaine, American, uh, age ooh, 37, cannot return to his country. The reason is a little vague. We also know what you did in Paris, Mr. Blaine. And also we know why you left Paris. Rick reaches over and takes the book from Strasse's hand. Don't worry. We are not going to broadcast it. Are my eyes really brown? Mm. You will forgive the curiosity, Mr. Blaine. The point is, an enemy of the Reich, 
has come to Casablanca. And we are checking up on anybody who can be of any help to us. My interest in whether Victor Laszlo stays the goes is purely a sporting one. In this case, you have no sympathy for the fox then, huh? Not particularly. I understand the point of view of the hound, too. Mm-hmm. Victor Laszlo published the foulest lies in the Prague newspapers even until the very day we marched in. And even after that, he continued to print scandal sheets in a cellar. Of course, one must admit he has great courage. I admit he is very clever. Three times he has slipped through our fingers. In Paris, he continued his activities. We intend not to let it happen again. Excuse me, gentlemen. Your business is politics. Mine is running a saloon. Good evening, Mr. Blake. Rick walks away toward the gambling room. You see, Major, he, you have nothing to worry about, Rick. Perhaps. A couple comes in the front door. They are Victor Laszlo, the Czech resistance leader, and a very pretty young woman wearing a simple white gown, Miss Ilse Lund. She is so beautiful, in fact, that people turn to stare. The head waiter comes up to them. Yes, monsieur. I reserve the table. Victor Laszlo. Yes, monsieur. Right away. As the head waiter takes them to a table, they pass by the piano, and the woman looks at Sam. Sam, with a conscious effort, keeps his eyes on the keyboard as they go past. He appears to know this woman. After she has gone by, Sam steals a look in her direction. Berger, a slight middle-aged man, observes the couple from a distance. The head waiter seats Ilsa. Laszlo takes the chair opposite and surveys the room. Strasse and Renault look up at them from their table. Two pantero, please. Yes, monsieur. And someone of regard to description. Victor, I, I feel somehow we shouldn't stay here. If we would walk out so soon, if we would walk out so soon, it would only call attention to us. Perhaps the guard is in some other part of the cafe. Burger walks up to their table. Excuse me, but you like look like a couple who are on their way to America. Well, Berger takes a ring from his finger. You will find a market there for this ring. I am forced to sell it at great sacrifice. Thank you, but I hardly think... Uh, Then perhaps for the lady, the ring is quite unique. He holds it down for their view. Carefully lifting up the stone, he reveals, insert, a gold plate in the setting underneath, an impression of the Lorraine cross of General de Gaulle. Oh, yes. I'm very interested. Good. What is your name? Berger, Norwegian, and at your service, sir. Renault approaches the table from behind Laszlo. Ilsa tries to warn him. Victor. Laszlo understands. I'll meet in a few minutes at the bar. I do not think we want to buy the ring, but thank you for, for showing it to us. Berger, taking the cue, sighs and puts the ring away. Such a bargain, but that is your decision? I'm sorry, it it is. Berger gets up and leaves as Renault moves to the table. Monsieur Laszlo, is it not? Yes. I am Captain Renault, Prefect of Police. Yes. What is it you want? Merely to welcome you to Casablanca and wish you a pleasant stay. It is not often we have so distinguished a visitor. Thank you. I hope you'll forgive me, Captain, but the present French administration was not always, has not always been so cordial. 
Can I present Miss Ilsa Lund? I was informed you were the most beautiful woman to ever visit Casablanca. That was a gross understatement. You are very kind. Won't you join us? If you will permit me. <clears throat> oh, Emile, please, a bottle of your best champagne and put it on my bill. Very well, sir. No, Captain, please. Uh, no, please, Monsieur. It is a little game we play. They put it on my bill. I tear the bill up. It is very convenient. Ilsa glances off in Sam's direction. Captain, um, the boy is playing the piano. Somewhere I have seen him. Sam? Yes. Well, he came from Paris with Rick. Rick? Who's he? Mademoiselle, you are in Rick's. And Rick is... Is what? Well, mademoiselle, he's the kind of man that, well, if I were a woman and I were not around, I should be in love with Rick. But what a fool I am talking to a beautiful woman about another man. They know jobs to his feet as Strasser enters. Excuse me. <clears throat> ah, Major, Mademoiselle Lund, Monsieur Laszlo. May I present Major Heinrich Strasser? How do you do? This is a pleasure I have long looked forward to. There is not the slightest recognition from either Ilsa or Laszlo. Strasser waits to be asked to seat himself. I'm sure you'll excuse me if I am not gracious, but you see, Major Strasser, I'm a Czechoslovakian. You were a Czechoslovakian. Now you are a subject of the German Reich. I've never accepted that privilege, and I'm on French soil. I should like to discuss some matters arising from your presence on French soil. Well, this is hardly the time or the place. Mm. Then we shall state another time and another place. Tomorrow at 10 in the prefect's office with Madame Boiselle. Captain Reno, I am under regard authority. Is it your order that we come to your office? Let us say it is my request. That is a much more pleasant word. Very well. Hmm. Mademoiselle? Mademoiselle? Reno and Strasse walk away. A very clever tactical retreat, Major. Strasse looks at Renault sharply, but sees only a non-committal smile on Renault's face. Laszlo remains standing at the table as Strasse and Renault leave. This time they really mean to stop me. Victor, I'm afraid for you. We have been in difficult places before, haven't we? Elsa smiles back at him, but her eyes are still troubled. On the floor, Corina strums a guitar and begins her number. Meanwhile, Laszlo looks about with apparent casualness. He sees Strasser and Renaud whispering together, then notices Berger at the bar. I must find out what Berger was. Be careful. I'm sorry. He rises and goes off. We see Ilsa's troubled profile. While Corina sings, Sam gives a worried glance in Ilsa's direction. Ilsa watches him. At the bar, Berger sips a drink. Laszlo walks up and casually takes a place at the bar next to Berger. Mr. Berger, the ring, could I see it again? Yes, monsieur. Uh, Snapping cocktail, please. I recognize you from the news photographs, Monsieur Laszlo. The concentration camp, one is apt to lose a little weight. 
we read five times that you were killed in five different places. As you see, it was true every single time. Thank heaven I found you, Berger. I'm looking for a man by the name of Ugarte. He is supposed to help me. Ugarte cannot even help himself, monsieur. He is under arrest for murder. He was arrested here tonight. I see. But we, but we who are still free will do all we can. We are organized, monsieur, underground like everywhere else. Tomorrow night there is a meeting at the Caverne de Bois. If you would come... It stops when Sasha brings the drink to Laszlo. Karina finishes her song and the crowd applauds quite enthusiastically. Elsa sits alone at her table. Will you ask the piano player to come over here, please? Very well, mademoiselle. know comes up to the bar near Berger and Laszlo. How's the jewelry business, Berger? Uh, not so good. May I have my check, please? Too bad you weren't here earlier, Monsieur Laszlo. We had quite a bit of excitement this evening, didn't we, Berger? Uh, yes. Excuse me, gentlemen. My bill? No. Two champagne cocktails, please. Yes, sir. Sam wheels in the piano to Ilsa's table. On his face is that funny fear. Ilsa herself is not as self-possessed as she tries to appear. There is something behind this, some mystery. Hello, Sam. Hello, Miss Ilsa. I never expected to see you again. It's been a long time. Yes, ma'am. A lot of water under the bridge. Some of the old songs, Sam. Yes, ma'am. Sam begins to play a number. He is nervous, waiting for anything. Where's Rick? I don't know. I ain't seen him all night. When will he be back? Not tonight, no more. He ain't coming. Uh, he went home. Does he always leave so early? Oh, he never, well, he's got a girl up at the Blue Parrot. He goes up there all the time. You used to be a much better liar. Leave him alone, Miss Ilsa. You're bad luck to him. Play it once, Sam, for old time's sake. I don't know what you mean, Miss Ilsa. Play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. Oh, I can't remember it, Miss Ilsa. I'm a little rusty on it. Of course he can. He doesn't want to play it. He seems even more scared now. I'll hum it for you. Ilsa begins, starts to hum. Sam begins to play it very softly. Sing it. <laughs> you must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply as time goes by. The door to the gambling room opens. Rick comes swinging out. He's heard the music and he's livid. And when two lovers woo, they both say, I love you. On that you can rely. He changed no matter what the future brings as time goes by. Rick walks briskly up to the piano. Sam, I thought I told you never to play. As he sees Ilsa, he stops short. Sam stops playing. 
Two close-ups reveal Ilsa and Rick seeing each other. Rick appears shocked. For a long moment, he just looks at her. Sam prepares to move the piano away. Renaud and Laszlo approach the table from the bar. Well, you are asking about Rick, and here he is, mademoiselle. May I present? Hello, Elsa. Hello, Rick. Oh, you've already met Rick, mademoiselle. There's no answer from either. Well, then, perhaps you also... This is Mr. Laszlo. How do you do? How do you do? One hears a great deal about Rick in Casablanca. And about Victor Laszlo everywhere. Won't you join us for a drink? Oh, no, Rick never... Ah, thanks. I will. Well, a precedent is being broken. Uh, Emile. This is a very interesting cafe. I congratulate you. And I congratulate you. What for? Your work. Thank you. I try. We all try. You succeed. I can't get over you two. She was asking about you earlier, Rick, in a way that made me extremely jealous. I wasn't sure you were the same. Let's see. The last time we met... was La Belle Aurore. How nice. You remembered. Uh, But of course that was the day the Germans marched into Paris. Not an easy day to forget. No. I remember every detail. The Germans wore gray, you wore blue. Yes. I put that dress away. When the Germans march out, I'll wear it again. Ricky, you're becoming quite human. I suppose we have to thank you for that, mademoiselle. Yes, sir. I don't wish to be the one to say it, but it's late. Ooh, so it is. And we have a curfew here in Casablanca. It would never do for the chief of police to be found drinking after hours and have to find himself. Rick and Elsa look at each other. Laszlo signals the waiter. I hope we didn't overstay our welcome. Not at all. Uh, Your check, sir. Oh, it's my party. Another precedent gone. This has been a very interesting evening. I'll call you a cab. Gasoline rationing, time of night. They know leaves. You'll come again. Anytime. Say goodnight to Sam for me. I will. There's still nobody in the world who can play as time goes by like Sam. He hasn't played it in a long time. Good night. Good night. Good night. Rick and Laszlo nod goodnight to each other. Laszlo and Ilsa start to the door as Rick sits down again and stares off in their direction. Exterior, Rick's cafe, night. Ilsa and Laszlo leave the cafe. A very puzzling fellow is Rick. Uh, What sort is he? Oh, I really can't say, though. I saw him quite often in Paris. They join Renault at the curb. Tomorrow at 10 at the prefect's office. You'll be there. Good night. Good night. Good night. 
They get into a waiting cab, leaving Renault on the curb, smoking and looking bemused. The neon sign goes off and the doorway is now illuminated by the revolving beacon from the airport. Cut to interior Rick's Cafe, main room, night. The customers have all gone. The house lights are out. Rick sits alone at a table. There is a glass of bourbon on the table directly in front of him and another empty glass on the table before an empty chair. Near at hand is a bottle. He fills his glass and drinks it quickly. Rick just sits. His face is entirely expressionless. Their beacon light from the airport sweeps around the room, creating a mood of unreality. Sam comes in and stands hesitantly beside Rick. Boss? No answer as Rick drinks. Boss? Yeah. Boss, ain't you going to bed? Not right now. Sam realizes now that Rick is in a very grim mood. Ain't you planning on going to bed in the near future? No. You ever going to bed? No. Well, I ain't sleepy either. Good. Then have a drink. Oh, no. Not me, boss. Then don't have a drink. Boss, let me get out of here. Or let's, no, let's get out of here. No, sir. I'm waiting for a lady. Please, boss, let's go. There ain't nothing but trouble for you here. She's coming back. I know she's coming back. We'll take the car and drive all night. We'll get drunk. We'll go fishing and stay away until she's gone. Shut up and go home, will you? No, sir. I'm staying right here. Sam sits down at the piano and starts to play softly, improvising. They grab Ugati, and she walks in. Well, that's the way it goes. One in, one out. Sam? Yeah, boss? Sam, if it's December 1941 in Casablanca, what time is it in New York? Uh, my watch stopped. Bet they're asleep in New York. I'll bet they're asleep all over America. Suddenly, pounds the table, hurries his head in his arms, then he raises his head trying to gain control. For all the gin joints, all the towns and all the world, she walks into mine. What's that you're playing? Just a little something of my own. Well, stop it. You know what I want to hear. No, I don't. You played it for her. You can play it for me. Well, I don't think I can remember it. If she can stand it, I can. Play it! Yes, boss. Sam starts to play as time goes by. Rick just stares ahead as orchestra music slowly joins Sam's playing. Remember this. Song of two, montage, Paris in the spring. A, the Arc de Triomphe from a distance. B, Rick drives a small open car slowly along the boulevard. He puts his arms around Elsa. The background scenery changes to a country road as she snuggles close to him and puts her head on his shoulder. C, an excursion boat on the Seine. Rick and Ilsa stand at the rail of the boat. They seem to be transported by each other as Ilsa laughs. Cut to interior, Rick's Paris apartment, day. Ilsa fixes flowers at the window while Rick opens champagne. She walks over and joins him. Who are you, really? What were you before? What did you do? What did you think, huh? He said no question. He is looking at you, kid. 
They drink. Cut to interior Paris Cafe, night. Inside a swanky Paris Cafe, Rick and Ilsa dance. They appear to be very much in love as the music plays. Cut to interior Ilsa's Paris apartment, day. Ilsa flips a coin, then tosses it over to Rick. Thank you. In America, they'd only bring a penny. I guess that's about all they're worth. I'm willing to be overcharged. Tell me. And I was wondering. Yes? Why I'm so lucky. Why I should find you waiting for me to come along. Why there is no other man in my life? Uh Uh-huh. That's easy. There was. He's dead. Sorry for asking. I forgot we said no questions. Well, only one answer can take care of all our questions. They kiss passionately. Cut to montage. Use real footage of the German occupation of France. A, the rubble of a burned out, demolished building. A sign with an arrow points to Paris. B, German troops crossing a river. C, tanks rolling down the road toward Paris. D, German warplanes overhead. Cut to exterior Paris Cafe, day. A man sells newspapers to people crowded around him. There is much excitement. Rick and Ilsa sit at the table. They buy a newspaper and begin to read it. Nearby, a group of frightened French people cluster around the loudspeaker on a wagon. A harsh voice barks out the tragic news of the Nazi push toward Paris. Nothing can stop them now. Wednesday, Thursday at the latest, they'll be in Paris. Richard, they'll find out your record. It won't be safe for you here. I'm on their blacklist already. Their roll of honor. Cut to interior. La Belle Rue, afternoon. A small cafe in the Montmartre. A shadow on the floor reflects the cafe sign. La Belle Rue. Rick at the bar gets glasses and a bottle of champagne. He walks over to Ilsa and Sam at the piano. Sam plays as time goes by. Ilsa seems unnerved. There is evidently something on her mind. Rick pours the champagne. His manner is wry, but not the bitter wryness we have seen in Casablanca. Henri wants us to finish this bottle, then three more. He says he'll water his garden with champagne before he'll let the Germans drink any of it. This sort of takes the sting out of being occupied, doesn't it, Mr. Richard? You said it. Here's looking at you, kid. Suddenly, a loudspeaker blares out something in German. Rick and Ilsa look at each other, then hurry to the window. My German's a little rusty. It's the Gestapo. They say they expect to be in Paris tomorrow. They're telling us how to act when they come marching in. The whole world crumbling. We pick this time to fall in love. Yeah. It's pretty bad timing. What would you say ten years ago? Ten years ago. Let's see. Yes, I was having a brace put on my teeth. Where were you? Looking for a job. Ilsa looks at him tenderly. Rick takes her in his arms and kisses her hungrily. While they are locked in an embrace, they hear the dull boom of cannons. Is that the cannon fire or is it my heart pounding? That's the new German 77. Judging by the sound, only about 35 miles away. Another boom from the cannons. I'm getting closer every minute. Yeah, drink up. We'll never finish the other three. The Germans will be here pretty soon now, and they'll come looking for you. 
And don't forget, there's a price on your head. I left a note in my apartment. They'll know how to, where to find me. Strange, I know so very little about you. I know very little about you. Just the fact that you had your teeth straightened. But be serious, darling. You're in danger and you must leave Paris. No, 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 no. We must leave. Yes, of course. We... The train for Marseille leaves at 5 o'clock. I'll pick you up at your hotel at 4.30. No. No, not my hotel. I am I have things I have to do in the city before I leave. I'll meet you at the station, huh? All right. Quarter to five. Say, why don't we get married in Marseille? That's too far ahead to plan. Yeah. I guess it is a little too far ahead. Well, let's see. What about the engineer? Why can't he marry us on the train? Oh, darling. Suddenly, Ilsa turns away and starts to cry. Well, why not? Captain on a ship can. Doesn't seem fair that... Hey. Hey, what's wrong, kid? I... I love you so much, and I hate this war so much. It's a crazy world. Anything can happen. If you shouldn't get away, I mean... If something should keep us apart, wherever they put you and wherever wherever I'll be, I want you to know... She can't go on. She lifts her face to his. He kisses her gently. Kiss me. Kiss me as if it were the last time. He looks into her eyes. Then he does kiss her as though it were going to be the last time. Her hand falls to the table and knocks over the glass. Cut to interior. Gare de Lyon. Night. It's raining very hard at the train station. There is a hectic, fevered excitement evident in the faces of the people that pass by. This is the last train from Paris. Rick appears in the crowd. He stops and puts his suitcase down and glances at his watch. A conductor calls out, all aboard, last train leaving in three minutes. Rain pours over his head and shoulders, but he doesn't seem to know this. He nervously checks his watch again. Suddenly, Sam appears. Where is she? Have you seen her? No, Mr. Richard, I can't find her. She checked out of the hotel, but this note came just after you left. Oh, sorry. Sam pulls an envelope from his pocket. Rick grabs it, opens it, and stares down at the letter. Insert letter. Richard, I cannot go with you or ever see you again. You must not ask why. Just believe that I love you. Go, my darling, and God bless you. Ilsa. Raindrops pour down the letter, smudging the writing. Back to scene. A whistle blows. That's the last call, Mr. Richard. Do you hear me? Come on, Mr. Richard. Let's let's get out of here. Come on, Mr. Richard. Come on. Sam pulls a stunned, reluctant trick to the train. The train starts to move just as he boards. From the steps, he looks off into the distance, then crumbles the letter and tosses it away as the steam from the engine clouds over him. Dissolved to interior, Rick's Cafe, main room, night. Close up of a glass on the table in the cafe. Rick's hand reaches for it and knocks it over. We now see Rick's face and he's very drunk. Sam walks over to the table to pick up the glass and a fallen chair. Just then, the door opens and it's Ilsa. Rick stares at the doorway. Ilsa lingers a moment, then comes over to the table. Rick, I have to talk to you. 
Her manner is a little uncertain, a little tentative, but with a quiet determination beneath it. Oh, I saved my first drink to have with you. Yeah. No. No, Rick, not tonight. Especially tonight. She sits down in the chair before the empty glass. Her eyes are searching his face, but there is no expression on it except a cold and impassive one. Rick reaches for the bottle and pours himself another drink. Please. Why did you have to come to Casablanca? There are other places. I wouldn't have come if I'd known you were here. Believe me, Rick, it's true. I didn't know. It's funny about your voice. How it hasn't changed. I can still hear it. Richard, dear, I'll go with you any place. We'll never get on a train. We'll get on a train together and never stop. Please don't. Don't, Rick. I can understand how you feel. (laughs) You understand how I feel. How long was it we had, honey? I didn't count the days. Well, I did. Every last one of them. Mostly I remember the last one. A wow finish. A guy standing on a station platform in the rain with a comical look on his face because his insides had been kicked out. Can I tell you a story, Rick? Has it got a wow finish? I don't know the finish yet. Well, go on, tell it. Maybe one will come to you as you go along. It's about a girl who had just come to Paris from her home in Oslo. At the house of some friend she met, a man about whom she'd heard her whole life, a very great and courageous man. He opened up for her a whole beautiful world full of knowledge and thoughts and ideals. Everything she knew or ever became was because of him. And she looked up to him and worshipped him with a feeling she supposed was love. Yeah, that's very pretty. I heard a story once. As a matter of fact, I heard a lot of stories in my time. They went along with the sound of a tinny piano playing in the parlor downstairs. Mister, I met a man once when I was a kid and it always began. I guess neither one of our stories was very funny. Tell me. Who was it you left me for? Was it Laszlo, or were there others in between? Or aren't you the kind that tells? Ilsa gets up and leaves. Rick's head slumps over the table. Cut to interior Renault's office, morning. A sign on the door reads, Captain Renault, Préfet de Police. Strasser sits while Renault attends to some paperwork. I strongly suspect that Ugart left the letters in transit with Mr. Blaine. I would suggest you search the cafe immediately and thoroughly. If Rick has the letters, he's much too smart to let you find them there. You give him credit for too much cleverness. My impression was that he's just another blundering American. But we mustn't underestimate American blundering. I was with them when they blundered into Berlin in 1918. As to Laszlo, we want him watched 24 hours a day. It may interest you to know that it was this very moment he is on his way here. Mm -hmm. Up to interior prefecture lobby morning. 
Laszlo and Ilsa make their way through the jam in the lobby of the prefecture. Jan and Anina talk to an officer. There's nothing we can do. Cut to interior, Renault's office, morning. Laszlo and Ilsa enter Renault's office. Renault bows to them both. I am delighted to see you both. Did you have a good night's rest? I slept very well. That's strange. Nobody is supposed to sleep well in Casablanca. Maybe proceed with the business. With pleasure. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Very well. Herr Laszlo, we will not mince words. You are an escaped prisoner of the Reich, so far as you have been fortunate enough in eluding us. You have reached Casablanca. It is my duty to see that you stay in Casablanca. Whether or not you succeed is, of course, problematical. Not at all. Captain Renault's signature is necessary on every exit visa. Captain, would you think it possible that Herr Laszlo will receive a visa? I'm afraid not. My regrets, monsieur. Well, perhaps I will. I shall like it in Casablanca. And mademoiselle? You needn't be concerned about me. Hmm. Is that all you wish to tell us? Don't be in such a hurry. You have all the time in the world. You may be in Casablanca indefinitely. Or you may leave for Lisbon tomorrow on one condition. And that is? You know the leaders of the underground movement in Paris, in Prague, in Brussels, in Amsterdam, in Oslo, in Belgrade, in Athens. Even in Berlin. Yes, even in Berlin. If you will furnish me with their names and their exact whereabouts, you will have your visa in the morning. And the honor of having served the Third Reich. I was in a German concentration camp for a year. That's honor enough for a lifetime. You will give us the names? If I didn't give them to you in a concentration camp where you had more persuasive methods at your disposal, I certainly won't give them to you now. The passionate conviction in his voice now reveals the crusader. And what if you tracked down these men and killed them? What if you murdered all of us? From every corner of Europe, hundreds, thousands would rise to take our places. Even Nazis can't kill that fast. Herr Laszlo, you have a reputation for eloquence, which I can now understand. But in one respect, you are mistaken. You said the enemies of the Reich could all be replaced, but there is one exception. No one could take your place in the event anything unfortunate should occur to you while you were making your escape. You won't dare to interfere with me here. This is still unoccupied France. Any violation of neutrality would reflect on Captain Renault. Monsieur, insofar as it is in my power. Thank you. By the way, Monsieur, last night you evinced an interest in Signor Ugarte. Yes. I believe you had a message for him? Nothing important, but may I speak to him now? 
Oh, you would find the conversation a trifle one-sided. Senor Ugarte is dead. Close-ups of Elsa, then Laszlo, reveal their disappointment. Strasso observes their reaction. Mm. Oh. Renaud uh, holds a report. I'm making out his report now. We haven't decided whether he committed suicide or died trying to escape. Are you quite finished with us? For the time being. Good day. Renaud rings a buzzer and the door is open for them. As Ilsa and Laszlo leave, an officer comes in. Undoubtedly, their next step will be to the black market. Excuse me, Capitan. Another visa problem has come up. Show her in. Yes, sir. Renault looks at himself in the mirror and straightens his tie. Cut to exterior black market, day. The black market is a cluttered Arab street of bazaars, shops, and stalls. All kinds and races of people mill about their merchandise, which local dealers have on outdoor display. Both men and women are dressed in tropical clothes. The canopies over the stalls give them some protection from the scorching sun. On the surface, the atmosphere is merely languid, but underneath lies the sinister workings of illicit trade. A Frenchman and a local huddle together and talk in low tones. I'm sorry, monsieur. We would have to handle the police. This is a job for Signor Ferrari. Ferrari? It can be most helpful to know Signor Ferrari. He pretty near has a monopoly on the black market here. You will find him over there at the Blue Parrot. Thanks. Cut to exterior, the Blue Parrot, day. Outside the cafe, a Blue Parrot sits on a perch. Cut to interior, the Blue Parrot, day. The cafe is much less pretentious than Rick's, but well populated. Rick enters and walks through the cafe toward Ferrari's office, just as Ferrari emerges with Jan and Anina, who look very disappointed. There. Don't be too downhearted. Perhaps you can come to terms with Captain Renault. Thank you very much, Signor. Jan leads Anina away. Hello, Ferrari. Signor Ferrari turns around. He's pleased to see Rick. Ah, good morning, Rick. They shake hands. I see the bus is in. I'll take my shipment with me. <laughs> no hurry. I'll have it sent over. Have a drink with me. I never drink in the morning. And every time you send my shipment over, it's always just a little bit short. Carrying charges, my boy. Carrying charges. Here, sit down. There's something I want to talk over with you anyhow. He hails a waiter. Uh, the bourbon. The news about Agarte upsets me very much. You're a fat hypocrite. You don't feel any sorrier for Ugarte than I do. Of course not. What upsets me is the fact that Ugarte is dead and no one knows where those letters of transit are. Practically no one. If I could lay my hands on those letters, I could make a fortune. So could I, and I'm a poor businessman. I have a proposition for whoever has those letters. I will handle the entire transaction, get rid of the letters, take all the risk for a small percentage. And the carrying charges? Naturally, there will be a few incidental expenses. That is the proposition I have for whoever has those letters. I'll tell him when he comes in. Rick. 
I'll put my cards on the table. I think you know where those letters are. Mm. Well, you're in good company. Renault and Strassa probably think so too. Rick looks out the window and sees Ilsa at the Linen Bazaar, then Laszlo walking toward the cafe. That's why I came over here, to give them a chance to ransack my place. Rick, don't be a fool. Take me into your confidence. You need a partner. Rick isn't listening to him. He looks through the open window in the direction of the Linen Bazaar. He gets up. Excuse me. I'll be getting back. Up to exterior, the blue parrot, day. Laszlo reaches the entrance to the cafe as Rick comes out. He stops and addresses Rick politely. Ah, good morning. Good morning. Signor Ferrari is the fat jet at the table. As he exits, Laszlo looks after him with a puzzled expression. Cut to exterior, black market, day. At the linen stall, Ilsa examines a tablecloth which an Arab vendor is endeavoring to sell. He holds a sign which reads, 700 francs. You will not find a treasure like this in all of Morocco, mademoiselle. Only 700 francs. Rick walks up behind Ilsa. You're being cheated. She looks briefly at Rick, then turns away. Her manner is politely formal. It doesn't matter, thank you. Ah, the lady is a friend of Rick's. For friends of Rick, we have a small discount. Did I say several hundred francs? Well, you could have it for 200. Reaching under the counter, he takes out a sign reading 200 francs and replaces the other sign with it. I'm sorry, I was in no condition to receive you when you called on me last night. Doesn't matter. Ah, for special friends of Rick's, we have a special discount. 100 francs. He replaces the second sign with a third, which reads 100 francs. Your story had me a little confused. Or maybe it was the bourbon. I have some tablecloths, some napkins. Thank you. I'm not really interested. Please, one minute. Wait! The Arab hurriedly exits. Ilsa pretends to examine the goods on the counter. Why did you come back? To tell me why you ran out on me at the railway station? Yes. Well, you can tell me now. I'm reasonably sober. I don't think I will, Rick. Why not? After all, I got stuck with a railway ticket. I I think I'm entitled to know. Last night, I saw what happened to you. The Rick I knew in Paris, I could tell him. He'd understand. The one who looked at me with such hatred. Well, I'll be leaving Casablanca soon, and we'll never see each other again. We knew very little about each other when we were in love in Paris. If we leave it that way, maybe we'll remember those days and not Casablanca and not last night. Did you run out on me because you couldn't take it? Because you knew what it would be like hiding from the police, running away all the time? You can believe that if you want to. Well, I'm not running away anymore. I'm settled now above a saloon. It's true, but walk up a flight. I'll be expecting you. Elsa turns her head away. All the same. Someday you'll lie to Laszlo. You'll be there. No, Rick. No, you see, Victor Laszlo is my husband. And was, even when I knew you in Paris. She walks away into the cafe as Rick stares after her in stunned disbelief. Cut to. Interior. The Blue Parrot. Day. 
إلسا and Laszlo sit with Ferrari. I was just telling Monsieur Laszlo that unfortunately I am not able to help you. Oh. See, my dear, the verdict has gone round. As leader of all illegal activities in Casablanca, I am uh, an influential and respected man. It would not be worth my life to do anything for Monsieur Laszlo. You, however, are a different matter. Your Ferrari thinks it might just be possible to get an exit visa for you. You mean for me to go alone? And only you. I will stay here and keep on trying. I'm sure in a little while. We might as well be frank, monsieur. It will take a miracle to get you out of Casablanca. And the Germans have outlawed miracles. We are only interested in two visas, senor. Please, Ilsa, don't be hasty. No, Victor, no. You two will want to discuss this. Excuse me, I'll be at the bar. Ferrara gets to his feet and walks away. No, Ilsa, I won't, I won't let you stay here. You must get to America, and believe me, somehow I will get out and join you. But Victor, if the situation were different, if I had to stay and there were only one visa, there were only a visa for one, would you take it? Yes, I would. Ilsa smiles faintly. She doesn't believe it for even a moment. I see. When I had trouble getting out of Lil, why didn't she leave me there? And when I was sick in Marseille and held you up for two weeks and you were in danger every minute of the time, why didn't you leave me then? I meant to, but something always held me up. Love you very much. Your secret will be safe with me. Ferrari is waiting for our answer. At the bar, Ferrari talks to a waiter. Not more than 50 francs, though. Ilsa and Laszlo walk up to him. Decided, Signor Ferrari. For the present, we'll go on looking for two exit visas. Thank you very much. Well, good luck. But be careful. You know you're being shadowed. Laszlo glances in the direction of the bazaar. Of course. It becomes an instinct. Ferrari looks shrewdly at Ilsa. I observe that you, in one respect, are a very fortunate man, monsieur. I am moved to make one more suggestion. Why, I, I do not know, because it cannot possibly profit me, but have you heard about Signor Ugarte and the letters of transit? Yes, something. Those letters were not found on Ugarte when they arrested him. There is a moment's pause as this sinks in. Do you know where they are? Not for sure, monsieur, but I will venture to guess that Ugarte left those letters with Monsieur Rick. Ilsa's face darkens. Laszlo quietly observes. Rick? He is a, a difficult customer, that Rick. One never knows what he'll do or why, but it is worth a chance. Thank you very much. Good day. Goodbye. Thank you for your coffee, senor. I shall miss that when we leave Casablanca. 
Glory bows. It was gracious of you to share it with me. Good day, mademoiselle. Signor. Good day. As Ilsa and Laszlo leave the cafe, Ferrari nonchalantly swats a fly on the table. Cut to exterior, Rick's Cafe, night. Outside Rick's Cafe, the sign is lit up and music filters out into the air. Cut to interior, Rick's Cafe, main room, night. At the bar, the European has found another tourist. Here's to you, sir. Uh, yes, good luck, yes, yes. I better be going. Uh, my check, please. I have to warn you, sir. I beseech you. European picks his pocket. This is a dangerous place, full of vultures. Vultures everywhere. Thanks for everything. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. It has been a pleasure to meet you. He dashes off and collides with Carl. Oh, I'm sorry. As the European hurries away, Carl checks all his pockets to make sure nothing is missing. Sam and Corina play a number, accompanied by the orchestra. Strasser and his crowd enter the cafe and pass Rick's table. Carl brings Rick a bottle and glass. Mon dear Rick, you are getting to be your best customer. Carl leaves. As Rick lights a cigarette, Reno shows up. Well, Ricky, I'm very pleased with you. Now you're beginning to live like a Frenchman. Now, there was some going over your man gave my place this afternoon. We just barely got cleaned up in time to open. He pours a drink for Reno. Well, I told Strasser he wouldn't find the letters here, but I told my men to be especially destructive. Mm. You know how that impresses Germans. Hmm. Rick, have you got those letters of transit? Louis, are you pro Vichy or free French? Serves me right for asking a direct question. The subject is closed. Well, it looks like you're a little late. Huh? Rick gazes at Yvonne and a German officer approaching the bar. So Yvonne's gone over to the enemy. Who knows? In her own way, she may constitute an entire second front. I think it's time for me to flatter Major Strasser a little. I'll see you later, Rick. Renaud gets up and strolls away. At the bar, Yvonne and the German officer place their orders. Dasha! Uh, French, 75. Yvonne is somewhat drunk already. Put up a whole row, Sasha. Starting here and ending here. She indicates with her hand where she wants them. Uh, we will begin with two. A French officer at the bar makes a remark to Yvonne. Say you, you are not French to go with a German like this. What are you butting in for? I am butting in. It's none of your business. No, 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 no. One minute. In English. What did you say? Would you kindly repeat it? What I said is none of your business. I will make it my business. They begin to fight. Stop! I beg of you, I beg of you, stop! There are exclamations from people nearby. German officers at the nearby table rise, ready to join in. Rick walks up and separates the two men. I don't like disturbances in my place. Either lay off politics or get out. Dirty bush. Someday we'll all have our revenge. Renaud, Strasse, and the other officers sit down again. You see, Captain, the situation is not as much under control as you would believe. My dear Major, we are trying to cooperate with your government, but we cannot regulate the feelings of our people. Hmm. 
Captain Stark, Captain Connell, are you entirely certain which side you're on? I have no conviction, if that's what you mean. I blow with the wind, and the prevailing wind happens to be from Vichy. And if it should change? Surely the Reich doesn't admit that possibility. They know lights a cigarette and puffs away. Hmm. We are concerned about Moors in Casablanca. We know that every French province in Africa is honeycombed with traitors waiting for the chance, waiting, perhaps, for a leader. A leader? Like Laszlo? Mm-hmm. I have been thinking. It is too dangerous if we let him go. It may be too dangerous if we let him stay. I see what you mean. Carl, bottle in hand, approaches the table of a middle-aged German couple, the Leuchtags. I brought you the finest brandy. Only the employees drink it here. Thank you, Carl. For Mrs. Leipstadt. Thank you, Carl. For Mr. Leipstadt. Carl, sit down. Have a brandy with us. To celebrate our leaving for America tomorrow. Thank you very much. I thought you would ask me, so I brought the good brandy and a third glass. He produces a glass from the back pocket. At last, the day has come. Frau Luchtag and I are speaking nothing but English now. So we should feel at home when we get to America. A very nice idea. (laughs) To America. To America. To America. Click glasses and drink. Liebchen, uh, sweetness, heart, what watch? Uh, ten watch. Such much. You will get along beautifully in America, huh? Anina meets Renault in the hallway as she leaves the gambling room. How is Lady Luck treating you? Oh, too bad. You'll find him over there. Anina sees Rick and goes to his table. Mr. Rick? Yes? Could I speak with you for just a moment, please? How did you get in here? You're underage. I, I came with Captain Renault. I should have known. My husband is with me, too. He is? Well, Captain Renault's getting broad-minded. Sit down. Will you have a drink? No, of course not. You mind if I do? No. Rick pours himself a drink. Monsieur Rick, what kind of man is Captain Renault? Oh, he's just like any other man, only more so. No, I mean, is he trustworthy? Is his word... Now, just a minute. Who told you to ask me that? He did. Captain Renault did. I thought so. Where's your husband? At the roulette table, trying to win enough for our exit visa. Of course, he's losing. How long have you been married? Eight weeks. We came from Bulgaria. Oh, oh, things are very bad there, monsieur. A devil has the people by the throat. So, Jan and I, we, we do not want our children to grow up in such a country. So you decided to go to America? Yes. But we have not so much money in... Traveling is so expensive and difficult. 
it was much more than we thought to get here. And then Captain Renault sees us and he, he's so kind. He wants to help us. Yes, I'll bet. He tells me he can give us an exit visa, but we have no money. Does he know that? Oh, yes. And he is still willing to give you a visa? Yes, monsieur. And you want to know? Will he keep his word? He always has. There is a silence. And you know, it's very disturbed. Oh, monsieur, you are a man. If someone loved you very much so that your happiness was the only thing that she wanted in the whole world, but she did a, a bad thing to make certain of it, could you forgive her? It stares off into space. Nobody ever loved me that much. And he never knew. And, and the girl kept this bad thing locked in her heart. That would be all right, wouldn't it? You want my advice? Oh, yes, please. Go back to Bulgaria. Oh, but if you knew what it means to us to leave Europe, to get to America. Oh, but if you should find out. You're such a boy. In many ways, I am so much older than him. Yes. Well, everybody in Casablanca has problems. Yours may work out. You'll excuse me. Here up he rises. Thank you, monsieur. He quickly goes off, leaving Anina alone at the table. She remains seated, too demoralized to move. While Rick checks the reservation list, Ilsa and Laszlo enter the cafe. In the background, we hear Sam playing. Ironically enough, it had to be you. Rick greets Ilsa and Laszlo. Good evening. Good evening. You'll see. Here we are again. I take that as a great compliment to Sam. I suppose he means to you Paris of, well, happier days. He does. Could we have a table close to him? And as far away from Major Strasser as possible. Well, the geography may be a little difficult to arrange. Rick snaps his finger for the head waiter. Paul! Table 30. Uh, yes. yes, sir. Uh, right away, if you please. I'll have Sam play As Time Goes By. I believe that's your favorite tune. Thank you. Rick walks over to Sam and whispers something to him. Sam stops what he's playing and begins As Time Goes By. He shakes his head as Rick leaves. A waiter appears at Ilsa and Laszlo's table. Cognacs, please. Cut to interior, Rick's Cafe, gambling room, night. Jan sits at the roulette table. He has only three chips left and seems bewildered. As Rick comes up, the croupier speaks to Sir Jan. Allez, 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 mesdames et messieurs, la partie continue, la partie continue. Do you wish to place another bet, sir? No, I you... Rick stands behind Jan. Have you tried 22 tonight? I said 22. Jan looks at Rick. Then at the chips in his hand. He pauses, then puts the chips on 22. Rick and the croupier exchange looks. The croupier understands what Rick wants him to do. He spins the wheel. Carl follows the proceedings, fascinated. The wheel stops spinning. Vendeur noir. 
Vendeur noir. A winner. Renault at a nearby table takes notice of what is happening. Yeah, the croupier pushes a pile of chips onto 22 and Jan reaches for it. Leave it there. Jan hesitates, then withdraws his hands. Carl continues to watch. The wheel spins. Nobody speaks while it spins. It stops. Vendeur noir. Another winner. The croupier shoves a pile of chips toward Jan. Cash it in and don't come back. Jan rises to go to the cashier. A customer complains to Carl. Hey, are you sure this place is honest? Honest? As honest as the day is long. Meanwhile, Rick has walked over to the croupier. How are we doing tonight? Well, a couple of thousand less than I thought there would be. Rick smiles slightly and goes toward the door. And Nina runs up to him and hugs him. Monsieur Rick, I... He's just a lucky guy. Monsieur Rick, may I get you a cup of coffee? No thanks, Carl. Monsieur Rick. Renaud, seeing that Jan has won, gets up from his table to follow Rick. Jan and Nina stop him on the way. Captain Renault, may I? Uh, no, not here, please. Come to my office in the morning. We'll do everything businesslike. We'll be there at six. I'll be there at ten. I'm very happy for you both. Still, it's very strange that you won. He looks over and sees Rick. Well, maybe not so strange. I'll see you in the morning. Thank you so much, Captain Renault. Cut to interior. Rick's Cafe, main room, night. At the bar, Carl whispers in Sasha's ear. Sasha says no, then runs to Rick. Boss, you've done a wonderful thing. He kisses Rick on both cheeks. Go away, you crazy Russian. Carl pours a brandy for Rick. Pretending not to do so, Rick glances in Ilse's direction. Renaud comes up to him. As I suspected, you're a rank sentimentalist. Yeah? Why? Why do you interfere with my little romances? Put it down as a gesture to love. Well, I forgive you this time, but I'll be in tomorrow night with a breathtaking blonde, and it will make me very happy if she loses. <laughs> he smiles and walks away. Laszlo comes up to Rick. Monsieur Blaine. Monsieur Blaine, I wonder if I could talk to you. Go ahead. Um, isn't there some other place? Uh, it's rather confidential, what I have to say. My office. Right. Dissolve to interior Rick's Cafe, office, night. Rick and Laszlo sit and discuss Laszlo's dilemma. You must know it's very important I get out of Casablanca. It's my privilege to be one of the leaders of a great movement. You know what I have been doing. You know what it means to the work, to the lives of thousands and thousands of people that I be free to reach America and continue my work. I'm not interested in politics. The problems of the world are not in my department. I'm a saloon keeper. My friends in the underground tell me that you have quite a record. You ran guns to Ethiopia. You fought against the fascists in Spain. What of it? Isn't it strange that you always happened to be fighting on the side of the underdog? Yes. I found that a very expensive hobby, too. 
but then I never was much of a businessman. Rick gets up, as does Laszlo. Are you enough of a businessman to appreciate an offer of 100,000 francs? I appreciate it, but I don't accept it. I raise it to 200,000. My friend, you could make it a million francs or three. My answer would still be the same. There must be some reason why you won't let me have them. There is. I suggest that you ask your wife. I beg your pardon? I said, ask your wife. My wife? Yes. Rick and Laszlo hear male voices singing downstairs. Cut to interior Rick's cafe, main room, night. A group of German officers stand around the piano singing Da Wacht am Rhein. Cut to interior Rick's cafe, balcony, night. Rick stands at the balcony outside his office and watches the Germans below. Cut to interior Rick's cafe, main room, night. At the bar, Renault watches with raised eyebrows. Cut to interior, Rick's Cafe, Balcony, night. Laszlo's lips are very tight as he listens to the song. He starts down the step. Cut to interior, Rick's Cafe, main room, night. Laszlo passes the table where Ilsa sits and goes straight to the orchestra. Yvonne, sitting at the table with her German officer, stares down into her drink. Laszlo speaks to the orchestra. Play it. Members of the orchestra glance toward the steps, toward Rick, who nods to them. Laszlo and Corina sing as they start to play. Strasser conducts the German singing in an attempt to drown out the competition. People in the cafe begin to sing the Marseillaise. After a while, Strasser and his officers give up and sit down. The Marseillaise continues, however. Yvonne jumps up and sings with tears in her eyes. Ilsa. Overcome with emotion, looks proudly at Laszlo, who sings with passion. Finally, the whole cafe stands, singing, their faces aglow. The song finishes on a high, triumphant note. Yvonne's face is exalted. She deliberately faces the alcove where the Germans are watching. She shouts at the top of her lungs. Vive la France! Vive la democracy! Vive la France! Vive la France! People clap and cheer. Strasser is very angry. He strides to across the floor toward Renault, who is standing at the bar. See what I mean? If Laszlo's presence in a cafe can inspire this unfortunate demonstration, what more will his presence in Casablanca bring on? I advise that this place be shut up at once. But everybody's having such a good time. Yes, much too good a time. The place is to be closed. But I have no excuse to close it. Several French officers surround Laszlo, offering him a drink. Renault thinks a moment, then blows a loud blast on his whistle. The room goes quiet. All eyes turn toward Renault. Everybody is to leave immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. An angry murmur starts among the crowd. People get up and begin to leave. Rick comes quickly up to Renault. How can you close me up? On what grounds? I am shocked. Shocked to find that gambling is going on here. This display of nerve leaves Rick at a loss. The croupier comes out of the gambling room and up to Renault. He hands him a roll of bills. You're winning, sir. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. He turns to the crowd again. Everybody out! At once. As the cafe empties, Strasser approaches Ilsa. His manner is erupt, but cordial. 
Mademoiselle, after this disturbance, it is not safe for Laszlo to stay in Casablanca. This morning you implied it was not safe for him to leave Casablanca. That is also true, except for one destination, to return to occupied France. Occupied France. Uh-huh. Under a safe conduct from me. What value is that? You may recall what German guarantees have been worth in the past. There are only two other alternatives for him. What are they? It is possible the French authorities will find a reason to put him in the concentration camp here. And the other alternative? My dear mademoiselle, perhaps you have already observed that in Casablanca, human life is cheap. Good night, mademoiselle. She looks at him, understanding what he means. He bows and exits as Laszlo arrives at the table. They start out of the cafe. What happened with Rick? We'll discuss it later. Cut to interior hotel hallway, night. Ilsa and Laszlo walk to their room. Cut to interior hotel room, night. Laszlo switches on the light as they enter. While Ilsa takes off some jewelry, he walks to the window and peers out into the darkness. Below and across the street, a man stands under an arch. Laszlo watches him, then draws down the shade. Our faithful friend is still there. Victor, please don't go to the underground meeting tonight. I must. Besides, it isn't often that a man has a chance to display heroics before his wife. He crosses to a table, takes a cigarette from a box, and strikes a match. Don't joke. After Major Strasser's warning tonight, I'm frightened. Tell you the truth, I am frightened too. Shall I remain here in our hotel room hiding, or shall I carry on the best I can? He likes the cigarette. Whatever I'd say, you'd carry on. Victor, why don't you tell me about Rick? What did you find out? Apparently he has the letters. Yes. But no intention of selling them. One would think if sentiment wouldn't persuade him, money would. Ilsa is now noticeably uncomfortable. Did he give any reason? He suggested I ask you. Ask me? Yes. He said, ask your wife. I don't know why he said that. Laszlo turns off the light. Ilsa walks over to the couch and sits down. Well, our friend outside will think we've retired by now. I'll be going in a few minutes. He sits down on the couch next to her. A silence falls between them. It grows strained. Finally. Ilsa, I... Yes? When I was in the concentration camp, were you lonely in Paris? Ilsa still cannot look at him. Yes, Victor, I was. I know how it is to be lonely. Is there anything you wish to te- wish to tell me? No, Victor, there isn't. I love you very much, my dear. Ilsa finally turns to look at Laszlo. Yes, yes, I know, Victor. 
whatever I do, will you believe that I, that I love you too? You don't even have to say it. I believe. Good night, Mimi. He bends down and kisses her cheek. Good night. She watches him go. Victor. She gets up and follows him to the door. He opens it. In the slit of light from the hall, we see Ilse's face, now strained and worried. She hesitates for a moment, then... Be careful. Of course. Be careful. He kisses her on the cheek and goes out the door. She stands there for a few seconds, then crosses to look out of the window. The figure in the archway is gone. She sees Victor walking down the street and closes the blind again. Ilsa gets a cloak from the bedroom and leaves the hotel room. Cut to interior Rick's cafe, main room, night. Rick and Carl sit by the bar and look over ledgers. Carl is busy figuring. He looks up at Rick. Well, you are in pretty good shape, Eric. How long can I afford to stay closed? Um, two weeks, maybe three. Hmm. Maybe I won't have to. A bribe has worked before. In the meantime, everybody stays on salary. Thank you, Eric. Sasha will be happy to hear it. I own money. Now you finish locking up, will you, Carl? I will. Then I am going to the meeting of the... Don't tell me where you're going. I won't. Good night. Good night, Monsieur Rick. Rick walks up the stairs to his apartment. Cut to... Interior Rick's Cafe, apartment, night. Rick opens the door and goes inside the dark room. Light from the hall reveals a figure by the window. He lights a small lamp. Ilsa faces him, her face white but determined. Rick pauses for a moment in astonishment. How did you get in? Here's from the street. Ilsa comes over to meet him. I told you this morning you'd come around. This is a little ahead of schedule. Well, won't you sit down? Richard, I had to see you. Use Richard again. We're back in Paris. Please. Your unexpected visit isn't connected by any chance with the letters of transit. It seems that as long as I have those letters, I'll never be lonely. You can ask any price you want, but you must give me those letters. I went through all that with your husband. It's no deal. I know how you feel about me, but I'm asking you to put your feelings aside for something more important. Do I have to hear again what a great man your husband is? What an important cause he's fighting for? It was your cause, too. In your own way, you were fighting for the same thing. I'm not fighting for anything anymore except myself. I'm the only cause I'm interested in. He walks over to the window and Elsa follows. Richard, Richard, we loved each other once. If those days meant anything to you... I wouldn't bring up Paris if I were you. It's poor salesmanship. Please, please listen to me. If you knew what really happened, if you only knew the truth... I wouldn't believe you, no matter what you told me. You'd say anything now to get what you want. Rick walks over to a table and opens a cigarette box, but finds it empty. You feel sorry for yourself, don't you? With so much at stake, all you can think of is your own feelings. One woman has hurt you and you take revenge on the whole world. You're, you're a coward and a weakling. There are tears in her eyes now. No. Richard, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you, you're our last hope. Help us. Victor Laszlo will die in Casablanca. 
What of it? I'm going to die in Casablanca. It's a good spot for it. Turns away to light a cigarette, then back to Ilsa. Now, if you... Stops short as he sees Ilsa holding a small revolver in her hand. It's pointed directly at him. All right. I tried to reason with you. I tried everything. Now I want those letters. Get them for me. I don't have to. Got them right here. Put them on the table. No. For the last time, put them on the table. If Laszlo and the cause mean so much to you, you won't stop at anything. All right. I'll make it easier for you. He moves closer to her. Go ahead. Shoot. You'll be doing me a favor. Her hand drops down, and there are tears in her eyes again. She turns and walks away from him. Richard, I tried to stay away. I thought I would never see you again, that you were out of my life. Rick follows her and takes her in his arms. He presses her tight to him. The day you left, if you knew what I went through, if you knew how much I loved you, how much I still love you. Rick kisses her passionately. She is lost in his embrace. Dissolve too. Interior, Rick's cafe, apartment, later. From his window, Rick watches the revolving beacon light at the airport. Ilsa sits on the couch. On a table before her rests a bottle of champagne along with two half-filled glasses. Rick walks over to her. And then? It wasn't long after we were married that Victor went back to Czechoslovakia. They needed him in Prague, but they're, they're the Gestapo were waiting for him. Just a two-line item in a paper. Victor Laszlo apprehended. Sent to concentration camp. I was frantic. For months, I tried to get word. Then it came. He was dead, shot trying to escape. I was lonely. I had nothing. Not even hope. Then I met you. Why weren't you honest with me? Why did you keep your marriage a secret? He sits down with Ilsa. My secret, Richard. Victor wanted it that way. Not even our closest friends knew about our marriage. That was his way of protecting me. I knew so much about his work, and if the Gestapo found out I was his wife, it would be dangerous for me and those working with me. When did you first find out he was alive? Just before you and I were to leave Paris together. A friend came and told me Victor was alive. They were hiding him in a freight train on the outskirts of Paris. He was sick and he needed me. I wanted to be, but I, I didn't care. I knew, I knew you wouldn't have left Paris and the Gestapo would have caught you. So I, well, well, you know the rest. Huh. It's still a story without an ending. What about now? Now? I don't know. I know that I'll never have the strength to leave you again. And Laszlo? Oh, you'll help him now, Richard, won't you? You'll see he gets out. Then he'll have his work, all that he's been living for. All except one. He won't have you. Elsa puts her head on Rick's shoulder. I can't fight it anymore. I ran away from you once. I can't do it again. I don't know what's right any longer. You'll have to think for both of us. For all of us. All right, I will. 
is looking at you, kid. I wish I didn't love you so much. She snuggles closer to Rick. Cut to exterior, Rick's cafe, night. Laszlo and Carl make their way through the darkness toward the side entrance of Rick's. They run inside the entryway. The headlights of a speeding police car sweep toward them. They flatten themselves against the wall to avoid detection. The lights move past them. I think we lost them. Yes. I'm afraid they caught some of the others. Come inside. Come. Cut to interior, Rick's Cafe, main room, night. Laszlo and Carl enter and cross toward the bar, out of breath from their exertion. Come inside. I will help you. Come in here. Thank you. Carl goes behind the bar. I will give you some water. Cut to interior, exterior, Rick's Cafe, apartment, night. Rick and Elsa hear voices below. Rick crosses to the door. He opens it just enough to see below and turns off the light. Elsa stands just in back of him. She makes a move as if to go out to the balcony, but Rick pushes her back. She withdraws behind the door. Rick walks out to the balcony railing. Interior, balcony, main room, night. Rick sees Carl attending to Laszlo, who appears to be injured. Carl, what happened? Both Carl and Laszlo look up. The police break up our meeting here, Rick. We escaped in the last moment. Come up here a minute. Carl looks up wonderingly, then starts toward the stairway. Yes, I come. Want you to turn out the light in the rear entrance. Might attack the poli- might attract the police. But Sasha always put out that light. Tonight he forgot. Yes, I come. I will do. Carl climbs the stairs. Cut to interior. Rick's cafe apartment. Night. Carl enters Rick's apartment and sees Ilsa. He looks at Rick and says nothing. I want you to take Miss Lund home. Yes, sir. Cut to interior. Rick's cafe main room. Night. Rick comes down the stairs. Laszlo wraps one of the small ball towels around his cut wrist. Rick looks questioningly at the injured hand. It's nothing. Just a little cut. We had to get through a window. Rick walks to the bar, picks up a bottle, and pours a drink. Well, this might come in handy. Thank you. Had a close one, eh? Yes, rather. He takes a drink. Don't you sometimes wonder if it's worth all this? I mean, what you're fighting for? We might as well question why we breed. If we stop breeding, we'll die. Stop fighting our enemies. The world will die. What of it? Then it'll be out of its misery. Rick reaches in his jacket for his cigarette case, opens it, and takes out a cigarette. You know how you sound, Monsieur Blaine? Like a man who's trying to convince himself of something he doesn't believe in his heart. Each of us has a destiny, for good or for evil. Yes, I, I get the point. Rick lights his cigarette. I wonder if you do. I wonder if you know that you're trying to escape from yourself and that you'll never succeed. You seem to know all about my destiny. I know a good deal more than you about you than you suspect. You know, for instance, that you were in love with a woman. It is perhaps strange that we both should be in love with the same woman. The first evening I came here in this cafe, I knew there was something between you and Ilsa. Since no one is to blame, I... I demand no explanation. I ask only one thing. 
You won't give me the letters of transit. All right. But I want my wife to be safe. I ask you as a favor to use the letters to take her away from Casablanca. You love her that much? Apparently you think of me only as the leader of a cause. Well, I am also a human being. Yes. I love her that much. Suddenly there is a crash at the door of the cafe, followed by the forced entry of several gendarmes. A general French officer walks in and addresses Laszlo. Mr. Laszlo. Yes? You will come with us. We have a warrant for your arrest. On what charge? Captain Renault will discuss that with you later. Seems the destiny has taken a hand. Laszlo looks for a moment at Rick, then in dignified silence crosses to the officer. Together, they walk toward the door. Rick's eyes follow them, but his expression reveals nothing of his feelings. Cut to interior, Renault's office, morning. Renault sits at his desk and smokes while Rick nervously fingers his hat. They're interrupted by an orderly. Renault hands some forms to the orderly, who then exits, and the conversation continues. But you haven't got any actual proof, and you know it. This isn't Germany or occupied France. All you can do is fine him a few thousand francs and give him 30 days. You might as well let him go now. Ricky, I'd advise you not to be too interested in what happens to Laszlo. If by any chance you were held, you were here to help him escape. What makes you think I'd stick my neck out for Laszlo? Because one, you've bet 10,000 francs he'd escape. Two, you have the letters of transit. Now, don't bother to deny it. And, well, you might do it simply because you don't like Strasser's looks. As a matter of fact, I don't like him either. Well, they're, they're all excellent reasons. Don't count too much on my friendship, Ricky. In this matter, I'm powerless. Besides, I might lose 10,000 francs. You're not very subtle, but you are effective. I, I get the point. Yes, I have the letters, but I intend using them myself. I'm leaving Casablanca on tonight's plane, the last plane. Huh? I'm taking a friend with me, one you'll appreciate. What friend? Ilsa Lund. That ought to put your mind at rest about my helping Laszlo escape. Last man I want to see in America. You didn't have to come here to tell me this. You have the letters of transit. You can fill in your names and hers and leave anytime you please. Why are you interested in what happens to Laszlo? They don't get out of his chair and crosses to the front of his desk. I'm not, but I am interested in what happens to Ilsa and me. We have a legal right to go, that's true, but people have been held in Casablanca in spite of their legal rights. Renault retrieves a fresh cigarette from a box on his desk. What makes you think we want to hold you? Renault chain lights his new cigarette with the old one. Ilsa is Laszlo's wife. She probably knows things that Strasser would like to know. Louis, I'll make a deal with you. Instead of this petty charge you have against him, you can get something really big. Something that would chuck him in a concentration camp for years. That'd be quite the feather in your cap, wouldn't it? Well, it certainly would. Germany, it, Vichy would be very grateful. Then release him. 
You'll be at my place a half hour before the plane leaves. And he'll sit back down in the chair. I'll arrange to have Laszlo come there to pick up the letters of transit. That'll give you the criminal grounds on which to make the arrest. You get him, we get away. The Germans, that last will just be a minor annoyance. There's still something about this business I don't quite understand. Miss Lund, she's very beautiful, yes. But you were never interested in any woman. Well, she isn't just any woman. Rick stares at the floor, then looks back up at Renault. I see. How do you know, how do I know you'll keep your end of the bargain? I'll make the arrangements right now with Laszlo and the visitor's pen. Ricky, I'm going to miss you. Apparently, you're the only one in Casablanca who has even less scruples than I. Oh, thanks. Go ahead, Ricky. Renault presses a button on his desk, triggering a buzzer. The door to Renault's office opens. Rick rises to go. And, uh, by the way, call off your watchdogs when you let him go. I don't want them around this afternoon. I'm taking no chances, Louis. Not even with you. Cut to interior, the blue parrot, day. A waiter brings tea to Rick and Ferrari, who sit alone at a table in a secluded nook of the main room. Shall we draw up the papers, or is our handshake good enough? Certainly not good enough, but since I'm in a hurry, it'll have to do. Ferrari pours a cup for Rick, who takes a sip. Ah, to get out of Casablanca and go to America, you're a lucky man. Oh, by the way, my agreement with Sam's always been that he gets 25% of the profits. That still goes. Hmm. I happen to know that he gets 10%. But he's worth 25. Nabdol, Carl, and Sasha, they stay with the place or I don't sell. Of course they stay. Ricks wouldn't be Ricks without them. Well... So long. Rick gets up, followed by Ferrari. They shake hands to seal the deal. He walks to the door, then stops and turns around. Don't forget, you owe Rick's 100 cartons of American cigarettes. I shall remember to pay it to myself. Rick leaves. Ferrari picks up a fly swatter from the table and swats at a fly. Cut to exterior Rick's Cafe, night. A car pulls quickly to a stop just outside the cafe. On the door, a huge placard reads, Closed, by order of the Prefect of Police. Cut to, interior, Rick's Cafe, main room, night. Rick sits at a cafe table inside and reads the letters of transit. He hears a knock on the door and puts them away in his pocket. He opens the door and Renault walks in. You're late. I was informed just as Laszlo was about to leave the hotel, so I knew I'd be on time. Thought I asked you to tie up your watchdogs. Oh, he won't be followed here. Renault looks around the empty cafe. You know, this place will never be the same without you, Ricky. Yes, I know what you mean. I've already spoken to Ferrari. You'll still win at roulette. Is everything ready? Rick points to his breast pocket. I have the letters right here. Hmm. Tell me, when we searched the place, where were they? Sam's piano. Served me right for not being musical. They hear the crunch of tires as a car pulls up. Oh, here they are. You better wait in my office. Renault walks up the stairs to Rick's office. Cut to exterior Rick's cafe, night. Laszlo pays the cab driver. Ilsa quickly walks toward the entrance. Here. Cut to 
Interior, Rick's Cafe, main room, night. Rick opens the door. Ilsa rushes in. Her intensity reveals the strain she is under. Rick grabs her by both arms and pulls her close. Richard, Victor thinks I'm leaving with him. Haven't you told him? No, not yet. But it's all right, isn't it? You were able to arrange everything? Everything is quite all right. Rick. We'll tell him at the airport. The less time to think, the easier for all of us. Please trust me. Ilsa pauses and looks at Rick, unsure for a moment. Yes, I will. Laszlo comes in and closes the door behind himself. Sir Blaine, I don't know how to thank you. Oh, save it. We've still got lots of things to do. They all walk towards the bar. Laszlo deposits his hat on a nearby table. Cut to interior, Rick's Cafe, office, night. Renault opens the office door and peers down at the proceedings. Cut to interior, Rick's Cafe, main room, night. I brought the money. Monsieur Blaine. Keep it. You'll need it in America. But we made a deal. Never mind about that. You won't have any trouble in Lisbon, will you? No, it's all arranged. Good. I've got the letters right here, all made out in blank. Takes out the letters. All you have to do is fill in the signatures. He hands them to Laszlo, who takes them gratefully. Victor Laszlo? All three hear footsteps and turn to see Renault walking towards them from the bottom of the stairs. Victor Laszlo, you are under arrest on a charge of accessory to the murder of the couriers for whom these letters were stolen. Ilsa and Laszlo are both caught completely off guard. They turn towards Rick, bewildered. Horror is in Ilsa's eyes. Renault takes the letters. Oh, you were surprised about my friend Ricky? Obviously, the situation delights Renault. He smiles as he turns toward Rick. Uh, the explanation is quite simple. Love, it seems, has triumphed over virtue. Thank you. Suddenly, their smile fades. In Rick's hand is a gun, which he levels at Renault. Not so fast, Louis. Nobody's going to be arrested. Not for a while yet. Have you taken leave of your senses? I have. Sit down over there. Put that gun down. Renault then walks toward Rick. Rick puts out his arm to stop him. Louis, I wouldn't like to shoot you, but I will if you take one more step. Renault halts for a moment and studies Rick. Under the circumstances, I will sit down. He walks to a table and sits. Keep your hands on the table. He takes out a cigarette case. I suppose you know know what you're doing, but I wonder if you realize what this means. I do. We've got plenty of time to discuss that later. Call off your watchdogs, you said. Just the same. You call the airport and let me hear you tell them. And remember, this gun's pointed right at your heart. That is my least vulnerable spot. Renault picks up the phone and dials. Rick takes back the letters. Hello. Is this the airport? This is Captain Renault speaking. There'll be two letters of transit for the Lisbon plane. There's to be no trouble about them. Good. Cut to interior German consulate, night. Strasse is on the phone. Hello? Hello? He hangs up the receiver and presses a buzzer on his desk. An officer quickly enters. My car, quickly. The officer exits and Strasse resumes on the telephone. This is Major Strasse. I have a squad of police meet me at the airport at once. 
At once, do you hear? He hangs up the receiver and, grabbing for his cap, hurriedly exits. Dissolve to exterior airport, night. The entire airport is surrounded by a heavy fog. The outline of the transport plane is barely visible. Cut to interior exterior, airport hangar, night. A uniformed orderly uses a telephone near the hangar door. On the airfield, a transport plane is being readied. Hello. Hello, radio tower. Lisbon plane taking off in 10 minutes. East runway. Visibility, one and one half miles. Light ground fog. Depth of fog, approximately 500. Ceiling unlimited. Thank you. He hangs up and moves to a car that has just pulled up outside the hangar. Renault gets out while the orderly stands at attention. He's closely followed by Rick, right hand in the pocket of his trench coat, covering Renault with a gun. Laszlo and Ilsa emerge from the rear of the car. Louis, have your man go with Mr. Laszlo and take care of his luggage. Certainly, Rick. Anything you say. Find Mr. Laszlo's luggage and put it on the plane. Yes, sir. This way, please. The orderly escorts Laszlo off in the direction of the plane. Rick takes the letters of transit out of his pocket and hands them to Renault, who turns and walks toward the hangar. If you don't mind, you fill in the names. That will make it even more official. You think of everything, don't you? In the names of Mr. and Mrs. Victor Laszlo. Renault stops dead in his tracks and turns around. Both Ilsa and Renault look at Rick with astonishment. But why my name, Richard? Because you're getting on that plane. I don't understand. What about you? I'm staying here with him. The plane gets safely away. Rick's intention suddenly dawns on Ilsa. No, Richard. No, what happened? What has happened to you? Last night, we said... Last night, we said a great many things. You said I was to do the thinking for both of us. Well, done a lot of it since then, and it all adds up to one thing. You're getting on that plane with Victor Laszlo where you belong. But Richard, no, I... You've got to listen to me. Do you have any idea what you'd have to look forward to if you stayed here? Nine chances out of ten, we'd both wind up in a concentration camp. Isn't that true, Louis? Renault countersigns the papers. I'm afraid Major Strasser would insist. You're only saying this to make me go. I'm saying it because it's true. Inside of us, we both know you belong with Victor. You're part of his work. The thing that keeps him going. If that plane leaves the ground and you're not with him, you'll regret it. No. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow, but soon. For the rest of your life. But what about us? We'll always have Paris. We didn't have. We'd lost it until you came to Casablanca. And I said we, I would... Oh, sorry. We got it back last night. And I said I would never leave you. And you never will. But I've got a job to do, too. Where I'm going, you can't follow. What I've got to do, you can't be any part of. Ilsa... I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. Now, now. Ilsa's eyes well up with tears. Rick puts his hand to her chin and raises her face to meet his own. He is looking at you, kid. Cut to exterior road night. 
Major Strasser drives at breakneck speed towards the airport. He honks his horn furiously. Cut to interior exterior airport hangar night. Laszlo returns. Rick walks into the hangar and Renault hands him the letters. He walks back out to Laszlo. Everything in order. I'll accept one thing. It's something you should know before you leave. Sir Blaine, I don't ask you to explain anything. I'm going to anyway, because it may make a difference to you later on. You said you knew about Ilsa and me. Yes. But you didn't know she was at my place last night when you were. She came there for the letters of transit. Isn't that true, Ilsa? Yes. She tried everything to get them and nothing worked. She did her best to convince me that she was still in love with me, but that was all over long ago. For your sake, she pretended it wasn't, and I let her pretend. I understand. Here it is. Rick hands the letters to Laszlo. Thanks. I appreciate it. Laszlo extends his hand to Rick, who grasps it firmly. Welcome back to the fight. This time, I know our side will win. On the airfield, the airplane engine turns over and the propellers start turning. They all turn to see the plane readying for takeoff. Elsa looks at Rick and he returns her stare with a blank expression. He then glances at Laszlo, as does Elsa. Then Laszlo breaks the silence. Are you ready, Elsa? Yes. I'm ready. Goodbye, Rick. God bless you. You better hurry or you'll miss that plane. Rick watches as Ilsa and Laszlo walk very deliberately towards the plane. Well, I was right. You are a sentimentalist. Stay where you are. I don't know what you're talking about. Rick puts a cigarette in his mouth. What you just did for Laszlo and that fairy tale you invented to send Ilsa away with him. I know a little about women, my friend. She went, but she knew you were lying. Anyway, thanks for helping me out. I suppose you know this isn't going to be pleasant for either of us, especially for you. I'll have to arrest you, of course. Soon as the plane goes, Louis. The door to the plane is closed by an attendant, and it slowly taxis down the field. Suddenly, a speeding car comes to a stop outside the hangar. Strasser alights from the car and runs toward Renault. What is the meaning of that phone call? Victor Laszlo is on that plane. Renault nods toward the field. Strasser turns to see the plane taxiing towards the runway. Why do you stand here? Why don't you stop him? Ask Monsieur Rick. Strasser looks briefly at Rick, then makes a step towards the telephone just inside the hangar door. Get away from that phone! Strasser stops in his tracks, looks at Rick, and sees that he is armed. I would advise you not to interfere. I was willing to shoot Captain Renault, and I'm willing to shoot you. Strasser watches the plane in agony. His eyes dart towards the telephone. He runs towards it and desperately grabs the receiver. Hello. Put that phone down. Get me to the radio tower. Put it down. Strasser, one hand holding the receiver, pulls out a pistol with the other hand and shoots quickly at Rick. The bullet misses its mark. Rick now shoots at Strasser, who crumples to the ground. At the sound of an approaching car, both men turn. A police car speeds in and comes to a stop near Renault. 
Four gendarmes hurriedly jump out. In the distance, the plane turns onto the runway. The gendarmes run to Renault. The first one hurriedly salutes him. Mon Capitan! Major Strasser has been shot. Renault pauses and looks at Rick. Rick returns Renault's gaze with expressionless eyes. Round up the usual suspects. Oh, oui, mon capitaine. Gendarmes take Strasser's body away and then drive off. Renault walks inside the hangar, picks up a bottle of Vichy water, and opens it. Well, Rick, you're not only a sentimentalist, but you've become a patriot. Maybe. It seemed like a good time to start. I think perhaps you're right. As he pours the water into a glass, Renault sees the Vichy label and quickly drops the bottle into a trash basket, which he then kicks over. He walks over and stands beside Rick. They both watch the plane take off, maintaining their gaze until it disappears into the clouds. Rick and Louis slowly walk away from the hangar toward the runway. It might be a good idea for you to disappear from Casablanca for a while. There's a free French garrison over at Brazzaville. I could be induced to arrange a passage. My letter of transit. I could use a trip. But it doesn't make any difference about our bet. You still owe me 10,000 francs. And that 10,000 francs should pay our expenses. Our expenses? Uh-huh. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. The two walk off together into the night. Fade out, the end. As time goes by, 